And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris. You have faced the mountains of desperation. You have climbed, you have fought, you have won. But this valley that lies coldly before you. Cast a shadow you cannot overcome. And just when you thought you had it all together, you knew every verse to get you through oh but this time all the sorrow broke more than just your heart and reciting all those cliches just won't do When answers aren't enough, there is Jesus. He is more than just an answer to your prayers. And your heart will find a safe and peaceful refuge. When answers aren't enough, He is there. Instead of asking why did this happen, think of where this could lead you from here. And as your pain is slowly easing, you will find a greater reason to live your life triumphant through the tears. When answers aren't enough, there is Jesus. He is more than just an answer to your prayers. And your heart will find a safe and peaceful refuge. When answers aren't enough, He is there. When answers aren't enough, there is Jesus. He's so much more than just an answer to your prayer. And your heart will find a safe and peaceful refuge. When answers aren't enough, when answers aren't enough, when answers are needed, He is there.
Hallelujah. I'm sorry, Pastor V. I just couldn't wait to receive the word of God this morning. So if you two are excited, why don't you rise to your feet and help me welcome your pastor, my father in the Lord, God's servant, Pastor Chris. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today. We pray that you speak to our hearts. Bless us in this day with your Holy Spirit. Touch the hearts of all those that need this touch. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Well, I'm going to share a short message with you this morning. The intention was... The intention was for some of our sons to be preaching so that we can get a breather or just uh, be, be exposed to their ministries. But tonight at 6, we continue with the revival. Amen. I was invited to preach in Durban some years ago and uh, it was Mother's Day. So I phoned, I was there the weekend, my wife and myself was taking a break. She loves Durban because even if it's Winter, it's never cold there. So he phoned and said, we heard that you're in the city. Don't you want to preach for us? Then I realized it was Mother's Day and I phoned back and I said, sorry, man, I, I think you forgot it's Mother's Day. You know? So he said, so what? You know? He says, there's a short item on the program for the mothers and that's it. Then the church is normal. So I realized that we won't completely turn the service just because the world has chosen one day to make Father's Day. The service will still go ahead. Although we do respect those that want to go home and have a lunch with their fathers. If you haven't seen your father for a while, you want to go and greet, we trust that that will be possible. But other than that, all other activities continue as per usual. So there will be Bible school at 3. The Bible school lecturers can arrange with their students to shift times. But we can't continue to postpone and cancel. Otherwise, they're going to run late with their, with their uh, curriculum. All right? So I want to uh, speak to you just for a short while from my heart concerning fathers. But it's still in line with our theme for this few weeks on offenses. Amen. Those who are offended. It's a very important theme and I want to focus on uh, a specific area today. Can I come down again? Put the other pulpit for me there. One of the... Uh, let me talk about my father just for a few minutes. And bring honor to him. When I rear my own children, it is only then that my respect for my father becomes a reality. We were seven children. My father had uh, not much education. Standard six is what grade today? Grade eight. My father left school in, in, grade, in grade 8. So when you leave school in a grade, it doesn't mean you have that grade. You have the grade before the year you left school. So that's a grade 7. That's primary school education. Isn't it? My father left school in grade, uh, grade 8, but he has now a diploma for grade 7. But remarkably, he, uh, when I look at what he's accomplished and what he's achieved in raising seven children, 
I really salute him and I want to bring honor to him today. He's gone home to be with the Lord so many years ago, but it wasn't easy. But he, he, was, then a, he was a great hero to us. He married my mother, who was, had a little bit of education, not much, but she was a school teacher. And he was this normal worker, scrubbing floors for Duro Penta Agri Plus. But because of his, I think his physique, he was a football player and a karate expert. That's where I get all that skills from. Yeah. I was very handsome too. And that's where I get that also from. But I think it's, it's the salvation of his soul that, that God graced him to be able to really be a good father to us, you know. And he moved my mother from oh, oh, Sengkok. I was born in a Sengkok. What is a proper English word for a shack? I was born in a shack, but it wasn't like a, it was a, a, a square shack. Epping Avenue, Elsie's River. Just a few meters away from where my wife was born, but we never knew that God would bring us together. Yes. Opposite Consanis. Today it's called Leonsdale. Born in the back of a shack there to my mother and my father. And then he moved her to Eitzach in a, what you call a coupes. So although I was born in a shack, I grew up in the coupes and my father, I mean, if I remember how we as man alone, we were small children and he made the place comfortable. Never had money, but he used the little he had to make it nice. You see this garden you see here, that comes from my father. He, not that he did it, but he put that into us. Yeah. You don't need sand in your yard if you can plant lawn. Say amen, the sisters. I say for the sisters because the brothers, they're not doing the job that they should do. Amen. Say, feel the sun. No, no, no. My father believed in the most beautiful gardens. Yeah. And he went to fetch rocks from the beach. And he made what we call a rockery. They see this rocks here. Yeah, but he had plants growing in between. And then, he, uh, then everything the white people threw away, he used to bring back home and make something of it. Yeah. So one day I'll show you a picture, Pastor Charlie, of what you must get it, get it and play it, what his garden looked like. So we had these two bird ponds on top of the rockery. The rockery climbs and then on top there are two white bird ponds that the birds come to, to drink water from. And then... Where the cars must park, we never had a car, but we imagine that one day we'll have a car. So there were the car was parked. He got uh, half bricks that people threw away after building. And he made patterns in the night. I remember him, we small children watching him through the window, making these half moon patterns with half bricks yeah, and then filling the, in, the inside with sand. So that was our driveway for our wheelbarrows because we never had a car. Then living with my mother was even more difficult because my mother had a slight mental problem like most of you have. By the way, I must tell you, I'm now studying madness. Not just because my mother had madness in Ecclesiastes 1.17. 117. I want to be like Solomon. He gave himself to know wisdom, but also to know madness. I've learned a lot about wisdom by Dr. Mike Murdoch and by Bishop Daggywood Mills. They are experts on wisdom. But I never realized Solomon also studied madness. Yeah. To understand why the people he's working with is so complicated. And what to do 
with such people. Can you realize people suffer from schizophrenia, bipolar, multiple personality disorders, anxiety? Zij is bang voor iets wat hij daar is. And you realize the devil affects all our thinking. But I'm just saying that I won't go into that now. My mother had like the Mercedes-Benz of this illnesses. So to be a, a man raising seven children and still have a wife that's a hospital patient. Oh, I don't think I could have handled that. I mean, my wife is fairly normal. And I still struggle. How with a man who has a, a wife that's schizophrenic? Yeah, so he's a hero. My father. And he took care of us. We didn't have much. One pair of shoes. One shirt we wear to school. One pants. Not, not like the kids today. We, we had little. But he made sure there was food on the table. I remember some nights when, when there wasn't enough. We, made, we ate milli meal. I've told you before how we ate the pot of milli meal. Little in the morning, little in the afternoon, and the, the rest is for supper. One pot, all day, because my mother's in hospital. He goes to work, and as we come from school. And then I remember sometimes when he didn't have, when they wasn't sure there's enough for the children, he would first feed us all, and then he would see if there's anything left for him. Wow. So it's a great father. And I try to emulate a little bit of my father to my children. Are you listening? To be like a good father to them. Now I want to say something to all of you is that nobody on this earth can really be the father that, that we should have been. That God intended us to be. Why? Because, because of one man, sin entered the world. You see? And sin with sin came much evil, much depravity. And nobody can really be the type of person that God wanted you to be. Yeah, that's why you have all the problems you have and you bring all the problems you bring. That's why there's confrontation, there's war, there's pestilence, there's problems. Sin is the reason why the world is in the state that it's in. And that brings me to what I want to talk to you about this morning. Because I painted you a picture now of a good father, my father. And then I also try to be a good father. Only my children can testify if I was a good father on this Father's Day. But the other day I was here in this building and I, I, my wife was sitting next to me and I observed two young boys. And I think they came from a poor area, the way I saw they were dressed. You know, and they were packing the chairs like they were like like men that that works in a factory. And I said to my wife, "Look at these two children." Now, when you see children of that age, I guess they were about ten years old, maybe eleven, twelve years old, with these torn clothing and work like senior people. You, 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 you get the picture that something is missing, you know. They kind of have to, to struggle to make life on their own. These are hard boys. You can leave them outside in the street. They will survive. Not my, my kids wouldn't have survived. Because my job as a father was to protect them. Are you with me? To provide for them, to protect them. To give them a comfortable life. But when you see some children, you see, yay, this child has, has gone through much. And in a sense, my heart aches. My heart pains when I think of the unfairness of life. Why must some have it easy and some have it so hard? And I know that there are many listening to me this morning that might not have had the experience that I've given to you about my father. And I'm telling you that on, on purpose, as priests, so that you can also see that that's not how everybody's families are. 
And to all of you that had a good father and a good family uh, history and experience, you must just be thankful to God for that wonderful opportunity you had. But I want to tell you that most people in my interaction, they don't have such experiences. We are in the minority. Oh, yes. So we, we, must, we must not be blind to the suffering of others. Are you with me? I mean, just to shire your seed and to not be there is a great misrepresentation of God. Because ultimately, the real father, the best father, the father with no mistakes, is our heavenly father. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, God was not generally referred to as father. It was Jesus Christ who came to tell us, listen here, you don't have to just say Yahweh, or Lord, or Jehovah, Chitkainu, Jehovah Mekadish. You can actually call God your Father. Hallelujah. Because God, the, the, the truest, let me say, if God wanted to display to you what He's like, then the person on earth that He would have he wants to use is the man, the Father, the one that sired you, the one that caused you to exist. Because God is our Father. And it's because of Him that we exist. God made heaven and the earth. Everything was made by God. Without Him was nothing made that was made. Uh-huh. So the father, unlike the mother, actually represents God to the children. Are you all listening to me? So the father's love, the father's care, the father's discipline, the father's rebuke is all locked up in an earthly father. But because of sin, no earthly father can truly represent God. So Jesus said, don't call any man your father. Because you have only one true great father. And so this is what happens in life. Your biological father, he sires you, you come, you come into existence. But because he's lacking, he can't really be God to you. Huh? God gives you more, more than one father in this life. Are you all listening? Yeah. So you're like, on your journey, there'll be other fathers who come to help you. My father didn't teach me everything I know. Oh, no. Some of the things I learned by other people coming along my path to be my father. Some are just instructors. Paul said there are many instructors but not many fathers. In other words, there are a few fathers that will guide you and that will help you on your way. You must recognize when you come into the presence of such a father. Are you listening? But I want to focus quickly on those children here this morning. And maybe this message is for you that never had the blessed experience of seeing at least Glimpses of a godly father, you know. You, many of you that sit here, you don't even know who your father is. Oh, your mother told you about your father. And many mothers don't tell the truth about the fathers also, isn't it? So that the child grows up, he's already at a disadvantage. Because something is missing in his life. There's no muscle protector. There's no provider. The mother must struggle with him all his life. That's why I fight for my young children not to get involved with boyfriends and girlfriends because of teenage pregnancies and uh, what do they call this? Uh, where there's no father. There's no commitment. So the child grows up with no father. The mother must look up. He only knows his grandmother and his grand, but that's not God's design. A man shall get together with his wife. They shall become one flesh, then the children. So we've reversed the process and we've destroyed God's plan for the human race. So many children 
or like that. Then, then, Satan goes further and he depraves the mind of a human being. Are you listening to me? And besides madness, is madness is probably the word that covers it all. You, you, you get fathers that not just, if they're not absent, some of them are so bad that they abuse the children. Are you hearing me? Forgive me if I'm not talking to you, but I'm talking to the one the Holy Spirit said I must talk to this morning. And offenses and hurts come through many ways. But this is one of the primary ways that offenses and hurts come. And when it comes to you, you see, you never really become what God intended you to become because that is a blockage in your life and a root of bitterness that prevents you from really being what God wants you to be. But I've got also good news because the gospel is good news. You don't have to stay there where you are. You can start moving further. Yes. And let go of the past. Now I know it's not easy because I'm not talking from a background of experience. And I'm in no way belittling your torrid experience, your wicked experience. But from the Word of God, I want to read the Scripture to you. Are you ready? And I see God healing many people here this morning, even though it's Father's Day. Turn your Bibles with me. Look at what Jesus gave a warning to such people. Jesus gave a warning to abusers. In Matthew 18, 6, he says, Whoso shall offend one of these little ones who believe in me, it is better for him that the millstone will hang about his neck and that he will drown in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come. But the man that brings these offenses, God will deal with him. Put it in the New Living Translation. Hallelujah. What sorrow awaits the world because it tempts people to sin. Temptations are inevitable, but this is not a nice version. But go to verse 8 of the same version. Verse 8. So if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off. Oh, sorry, verse 6. 6. Verse 6. But if you cause one of these little ones to trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large milestone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. So all of you that were abused, either by a stepfather that was supposed to be like God to you, or by your own father, this is what God says He's going to do with those people. It is better that some heavy stone be tied around their necks and be thrown into the depths of the sea. You might think they'll get they might think they'll get away, and you might even think they get away. But God is telling you He's going to get them. Somewhere along the line, He's going to get them. Amen. That's why the Lord says, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay." You mustn't have vengeance in your heart. This morning, all vengeance must come out of you. Leave it to God. God is going to deal with them. Some children were just neglected because the father made the mother pregnant, ran away. Other children had it worse. There was a father and he was either like some Hitler or some tyrant or some army general. There's a new movie on Netflix now of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a documentary. He tells how his father was like an abusive army general. And everything he had to do had to do with competition. Yeah. Even if he had to go pick flowers for his mother on Mother's Day, he would send the two children out and say, see who picks the best flowers. So when they come back, he says, his brother always beat him. The bodybuilder, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a powerful documentary. Then he said, then even when he comes back, his father would say to the brother, well done. Whoopers. But then he say, Arnold, try better next time. 
So, so he spoke of the abuse, the mental abuse that they suffered. And I know many of you also suffered mental abuse. I mean, there's so many children and I don't want you to identify yourself. But not, not all can say they ever got a hug from their father. Just a hug. Just to feel the father's heartbeat. And to say, I love you. So there's been a great misrepresentation. Then the worst case is when the abuse comes. And when we talk about abuse, yes, we are including sexual abuse. And that's why you wonder why many people's minds are so depraved. Why many, you see, that is another mental disorder called post-traumatic stress. Yeah, you don't, you don't always uh, display it immediately after many years. You find out, why is this person not behaving normal? Something happened in the past that caused this to, to happen. That's why you see even in gays and lesbians, homosexuality, sometimes you'll see often that that child was also abused. So when he grows up, he abuses others. It's a wicked, wicked cycle of lust and demonic powers that causes hurt to many. But Jesus Christ, when he came to earth, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. To heal the brokenhearted and also to set at liberty if you are bruised. And many of you are bruised, but this morning the healing power of the real Father, the only true and good Father, is here to touch you. Amen. To be abused is to be misused and mistreated unfairly. I don't know, but I'm sure there are many that can say, I've been mistreated unfairly. And it, abuse is normally done by someone who has power over you. It could be his position, his authority, or even his physical strength. And if you experience abuse, it's a terrible experience. Sometimes you don't even know you're being abused. Well, some children are very small when these fathers do it to them. Sometimes biological fathers, most times stepfathers. Is it wahr what I praat? Gebeur die goed in ons gemeenskap, ha? Of moet ek praat nie? Moet ek maar nie Ravens moet gaat vreer. But God is going to judge anyone who has abused you. Because God is the avenger of such people. Amen. So the, one of the biggest sources of offense in our life is this thing. Abuse by authorities. And Jesus said, Offending little ones and abusing little children is a terrible mistake and a terrible sin. Are you with me? And he promised severe punishment to those who do such things to little children. But for you, my brother and sister, it is important to overcome this great source of offense called abuse. I hear many times women claim they are being abused. May you also receive healing today. No, not from your father, but from your husbands. The poor husbands. I try to defend the husbands, but women are always saying they are being abused. And this abuse sets you off on a tangent. It can destroy your foundations and your personality. You can never laugh. You can never be free. You can never have fun because of something that happened to you in the past. You can never really join this group. You want to be part. You see how the children are dancing. You see how everybody's enjoying. And in deep down inside, you say, if they know what I had to suffer, that's why I'm looking like I'm looking. Amen. 
If your life is destroyed by someone who, is abu who abused you sexually or emotionally, you must press on towards healing and towards wholeness. Amen. Some people have recovered. Have you heard of Joyce Maya? She tells without shame that her father abused her. Have you heard that testimony? But look what she has. She, had to, she admitted that she had to come to the place where she even forgave her father for the, his evil that he did to her. And through that forgiveness, God catapulted her into one of the greatest ministries of a woman we ever saw in our lifetime. Amen. So it's not just you that we don't know of. Even some people that have made it into in big in life, they've come through this abuse. But you must overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. You must overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Do not allow Satan's attempt to destroy your life to succeed. Don't allow the attempt to destroy your life. Joseph's brothers, when they threw him in the pit, if he didn't forgive them, he would not have been the great man that he was. He, he had to say, all this was done all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Amen. God is going to give you the upper hand in your personal and in your private crisis. If there's anybody here today who identifies with what I'm saying, I'm here to prophesy that God is going to give you an upper hand in your personal crisis. Amen. The wounds of abuse that you have received, listen carefully to me now. The wounds of abuse that you have received will become scars that are lined with gold. And the scars will be the basis of the healing ministry in your life. Hallelujah. Because without scars, you cannot have authority. Are you with me? You hear a lot of my testimonies, my stories. I had to have scars before I can have this ministry. Oh, yes. The scars you have are evidence of the wounds that you have been inflicted. And also the scars show there was a wound, but the wound is healed. Hallelujah. So if I take off my shirt, spiritually speaking, and I show you my back, you see the wounded scars. But the scars are also lined with gold. Because out of the scars flows the healing to the people. That's why the Bible says when, when you see Jesus, although he's in, a, in, a, in, a, he's in a glorified form, you will recognize him by the nail scars in his hand. Hey! Glory to God! I shall know my Redeemer, the old hymnal said. Huh? I shall know my Redeemer when I reach the other side. I shall know him by the nail prints in his hand. He was also abused. He was also nailed to the cross. He was crucified and beaten for things he didn't do. And his disciples deserted him. Nobody helped him. But out of, the, out, of the, out of the wounds in the hands flows the healing that you can experience today. So your scar, my sister, is, is lined with gold because God is going to even use that to touch the people. And if you're a father here and you didn't do well, maybe your father didn't do well to you. So the cycle has just been uh, moved on from generation to generation. But the good news is that these things can stop right here, right now. Yes. You don't have to keep going on a downward spiral. That's the devil's plan for you. Don't give the devil a success. Say, no, I'm not going to go that way. Although these things happen to me, God has now brought me to a new place. With new people. 
and a new opportunity in my life. And I'm going to move forward in Jesus' name. Do you receive that? Because you will move forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Scars show you what you've been through. And what have you survived? Scars give you authority. They say in the army, when the old man walks in and he has all this stuff on his chest and on his, then everybody has to salute because he's a man of authority. But it's not just the, 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 the chappies. They will tell you this is General the Beaten. He has been to the war at the Black Rock and he's defeated the army of the fourth cauldron. Hey, the experience made him a man of authority. What have you been through? And what have you survived? But the fact that you're sitting here, young man, means you're not dead. You've survived. And you might think all hope is gone, but there's hope in Jesus. Amen. Look, we all have bad things happen to us. Even though we look so nice. Many bad things happen to us. And it's painful and it's hurtful. But if you stay there in your mind, then the devil succeeds in his plan. God wants to take you somewhere. So you don't know who your father is. You've never met him. It's okay. Jesus understands. And he wants to be your father. And besides that, he even gives you people in your life that can be like a father to you. And even if you look at me and you say, oh, this is like a nice man and a father. Sometimes I also make mistakes because I'm not God. And I didn't see you and I didn't greet you and I didn't wave to you. I, I, nobody can truly represent God. That's why he said, no man can be your father. Only God can be your father. But I'm here and I want to help you. And I will be a father to you. If you can also understand, I'm a human father. I'm not a, I'm not a godly father. I'm not God. I'll try my best by the help of the Holy Spirit. And so all other people that God has raised up, all other people, not all pastors are fathers. Not all prophets are fathers. But I believe in this church, God is going to raise up many fathers. And even you that has gone through the pain and the hurt of abuse, you can rise up to be a beautiful father and touch the lives of many that need you. Amen? Can I give you one more thing before I close? My, my wife put pork in the slow cooker today. So I'm timing the... Because it's only on Father's Day that I get pork in a slow cooker. Otherwise, Bevan has to bry and he always burns the, the meat there. Offense is a weapon of Satan. Are you listening? Offense and unforgiveness are Satan's great weapons against the church. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 10. My last bit and I'm closing, okay? 2 Corinthians 2 verse 10. 2 Corinthians 2. Do you like our new projector? It's nice and bright, isn't it? Yeah, it's not so, so dull anymore. To whom, no, 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 other version, as a belief. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. Paul is writing. Somebody has been a great sinner in the Corinthian church. And Paul says, if you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit. We're now talking about forgiveness. Amen. Because forgiveness will make you rise above the hurt that you have. 
And forgiveness is not easy. But this morning, forgiveness can be made easy. Hallelujah. By the help of the Holy Ghost. Verse 11. So that Satan will not outsmart us. Why must we forgive? Are you all listening? So that Satan will not outsmart us. Satan wants you to have a grudge. Satan wants you to have a hatred towards the people that did you harm. Whether it's your own father. And many people are sitting here with a bitter hatred towards their father who abandoned them, who left them, and oftentimes abused them. But the Bible says, I forgive. Go back to verse. Go back to verse. When you forgive this man, I'm talking to somebody here today who has something against this man. And this man could be your father, your uncle, your stepfather. But if you forgive this man, I forgive him too. Hallelujah. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit. Why? Verse 11, quickly, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar. Or skinny devils are very man. Or skinny devils are very man. I will your quiet mark offend you so that you can go into some depression, hurt, bitterness, leave the family that God has intended for you to be with. What is that weapon? Offense. Offense and unforgiveness are Satan's greatest weapons against the church. Hallelujah. I was offended before. Have you been offended? I was once offended so bad, but another pastor told me, do not allow this offense to change you. Are you with me? If you allow the offense to change you, then Satan's plan is working. Because Satan wants to make you a bitter monster. Yeah. One of the uh, results of offenses, you become monstrous. The Pharisees were priests. Don't forget. They were priests. But because of the offense that they took of Jesus' teaching, they, wanted to, they decided to murder him. They turned from priests to murderers. So offense can make you a monster. And many people who do evil, if you trace back in their lives, something happened to them and they have turned into monsters. May you not turn into a monster or somebody that seeks revenge, but may you be healed today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The pastor told me, don't allow this to change you. If you allow hurt to grow in you, it will change you and it will change even your message. And instead of preaching Christ, you will preach your wounds. Are you listening, Pastor Stan? So he hurt people and offended people. They only preach from their wounds. Are you with me? And their hurts. Offense changes a person so bad. It's similar to how salvation can change you. Offense can also change you. Oh yes, because you, you, were, you, were, you were a new person in Christ Jesus after salvation. But a, a, a hurt which has, has either come or is still coming because Jesus said offenses will come. It, is, it might still be coming. It can completely change you. Yeah. So you can't escape it. The only decision is how to handle it. How to handle it. How to handle it. Will it change you into a monster? Or will you be able to, to deal with it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Satan targets your destruction and elimination and he uses this weapon, offense. Everybody say offense. And it is even a great weapon in the church. Are you listening? Yeah. Every person must get himself ready to be hurt because it's the plan of Satan to destroy you. Don't take the subject of offense lightly. Because it will remove you from the race when nothing else works against you. Huh? 
Don't think the enemy can't trick you. His plan is to get you offended. Somebody told the story that the devil was planning to attack a church and Christians. But the devil was getting rid of all his old uh, armor and his weapons. Yeah. And so what he threw away, he threw away uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, witchcraft, and lying. But two of his weapons he kept. And then the person asked him, why are you keeping these two weapons? He says, no, this weapon is called offense, and the other is fornication. They are the two most successful weapons used in the church to destroy the church. What? Fornication and offense. We're not here to talk about fornication, but you know what fornication is, right? Oomskadooms met iemand wat sy nie meer getrouwd is, na? Ah? Sê as jy pastor, as ek pastor, jyre vergewe my. It's one of the Biggest issues that destroy the church, fornication, but the other one, offense. He said, I'll throw away drug addiction, I'll throw away alcoholism, but I'll keep this too. Because these two work like a bomb. And they work in every church, in every nation. Yeah, fornication and offense. Can you really dear gedra? Jylle kan hom ook sing, Seer gemaak, Is so seer gemaak. Matthew 18.7 Keep playing, I'm closing, I'm closing. Woe unto the world because of offenses. Matthew 18.7 For his mud needs be that they will come. But the man that brings it, God will deal with him. Hmm? But offense is guaranteed to appear in your life at some time. And even if you survive other attacks, this one will get you. Are you listening? You can survive other attacks, but this one will get you. But if you are alerted and you are prepared for it, it won't hurt you that bad. The, 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 the truest place of offense is marriage. One of the truest places of offense is marriage. When husbands and wives say bad things to each other. Hey, the once angel has turned into something else. What brings it? Offense. You see, but the, the couple that survives they have learned how to deal with it. Gee, that's why you must study madness. So that you are dealing with somebody and you say, I save a squad to say, die goed gesêd. Sy bedoel het die eindelikie. Sy was maar net kwaad. Ek vergewe vaar. Hey! Ladies, can, I, can you do the same? He didn't mean it. He was tired. He came from work. And he just said something. But it was not his intention to hurt me. If you have matured to that level. I'm going nowhere. The devil want me out of this marriage. But me, I'm going nowhere. You can shoot offense arrows at me. It makes nothing to me. You see, how do you, know, how do you know offense? I'm closing. How do you know offense hasn't hurt you? You can see the person. And the person doesn't even affect you. Like you, you don't want to run away from this person. But if, if you can't face a person, it's offended you. Bishop Dag writes in that small book, Forgiveness Made Easy, he said in the, in the in chapter, how to, how to test if you are not offended anymore, uh, if a person, when you pray that our Father prayer, then you say, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
Then he says, when you say that part, say the name of the person. Uh, forgive us, forgive Mary. Mary Kukamur. For the evil that she has done to me. If you can't say it, you've not overcome it. My father that abandoned me, Lord. Forgive him his trespass. Jesus said, all things will work for you. But if you can't forgive, he won't do anything more for you. Because you yourself, you are a wicked man and you are a wicked woman. We all have problems. And God keeps forgiving you. God's grace is sufficient. But if you don't forgive others, then he won't forgive you. It's in Matthew 6. So once you can see that person in your mind and you say it without any like heat coming up in you. Forgive Susanna. Forgive Pietrus Gerardus for having sex with me in the back of his car promising he was going to marry me and he left me just like that. Ek het om eerst gesê, hy is een gemos, heren, maar ek vraag verskoon. Ek vraag dat hy hom sal vergewe, heren. Because that hurt is to stop me from going forward. I refuse it now in Jesus' name. And I'm getting out. I'm going forward. I said I'm moving on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Hey! Because on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. But on Christ, I stand. Hallelujah. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in the place. Play that. The anointing is about to come on you. I'm finished. Offense can make you demonize. Go far down into evil. Matthew 24, 10. Many shall be offended. They shall betray one another. You see, it's when you are hurt that you start to betray. Matthew, many will turn away from me and betray and hurt one another because you were hurt yourself. I can't help and I wish I can for what happened to you and how you grew up and the difficulty of your life. I can't help. I wish I could. When I saw those boys, I felt like, why, Lord, why? It's so unfair. That bad things must happen to little children. And I wish I could be like a father and then fathom them. But oh, I fall short. I fall short of God's glory because I'm only human. But Jesus came and He said, when you pray, you can say, Our Father.
تأهو أعطيني هبن حلوات حلوات بالعيني The real, the true Father is God alone. Oh, I can feel the hurt and the pain of so many. But don't let the devil win this war. You must move on. You must move forward. God wants to take you higher, deeper. We lift our hearts in praise without a doubt. We know that we've been touched today when we shall see his face. The oil that will heal you is the oil of the Holy Ghost, sweet Holy Spirit, a sweet heavenly. Everybody standing, everybody standing. Stay, stay right here with us. Filling us with your love. And for its blessing, we learn. Without a doubt, we know that we have been When we shall see His face, your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. The Holy Spirit is here. When I asked the Lord, what will I say? He said, talk to those that were abused, that never had a father. He said, you had a good father, but there were many that had no good father. What about others? What about them? Tell them I want to heal them today and that they must move on past the abuse, past the neglect. Don't let the devil win this war. God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly what you could ever ask or think. If I was preaching to you today, come to me in the, in the blue carpet. I want to pray for you. To pray for nobody knows your background, nobody needs to know, but God knows. And this morning, God is gonna touch you. You almost finished. You had no father, but God is your father. Oh, yes, filling us with your love. For this blessing, oh, without a doubt, we'll know that we have been revived. Lift your hands. Precious Holy Spirit. 
I've done that which you asked and prompted me to do. The pain runs deep. The scars run deep. We pray for healing, forgiveness, so that these people can move forward in their lives. There's a blockage, but today, by the laying on of my hand, you will remove it. Yes, demons of holding you back, I bind you now in the name of Jesus. I command you to let go of the people. And all of you that has been deeply hurt, say this prayer after me. Say, Lord, I forgive. I forgive. Today, today, I forgive. I forgive. Lest you forgive me. Lest you forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. As I forgive those As I forgive those that have harmed me. That have harmed me. That have hurt me. That have hurt me. Give me fathers. Give me fathers. To take the place. To take the place. Of my father. Of my father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You are my father. You are my father. I'll seek no other. I seek no other. Touch me now. Touch me now. With your Holy Spirit. With your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. God bless you for listening to this message. Remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind.